Welcome to Songwriter Trysts, an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. To support the podcast and follow our journey, you can find us on songwritertrysts.com. Welcome to a songwriter tryst with Hudson Rose. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited for people who maybe haven't heard you before to listen to some of your music as well because it's yes, very cool. Definitely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Let's start by you sharing uh, a little bit about yourself, who you are and where you come from. Yeah, definitely. Well, I am 19 years old. I'm from the mid-north coast of New South Wales, a small town called Wingham, just inland from Tari, if you know where Tari is. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess I've always loved music, but country music especially. I think I love the stories that it tells and just the pictures that it can paint just by listening to the lyrics. I think it's so beautiful. Yeah. I got my first guitar. It was a Mini Maiden when... Wow. Yes, That's a I know. What a guitar to have. What a first guitar. <laughs> I know. But it's... So I got that in Christmas 2016 mm-hmm. and I hadn't been to the Tamworth Country Music Festival yet, so I learnt three songs on this guitar and headed to the Downworth Country Music Festival in 2017 and just carried it around in its case, you know, to make up and down Peel Street to make people think that I was I was definitely legit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. and it was, you know, and people did. They just, you know, I wore my hat and I had my guitar and it was, I looked, I looked the part, I can definitely say. <laughs> yeah. and so I, Take I it to your makers, is that what they say? Exactly, 100%. <laughs> So, but a busker stopped me and he had the same guitar as me. That was the connection. And right. he, he goes, oh, you've, you've got to play, play us a song. And I said, oh, and at this point he didn't know, I didn't know how to play guitar. I did <laughs> three songs, but terribly. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, I did, after a little bit of convincing, I got up and sang these three songs and he was so encouraging and so lovely. And um, Was that on Peel Street, was it? Yeah. Who was that? Uh, TJ and Danny were their names and only Danny came back the following year. TJ's wife got sick, so he had to miss the festival. Yeah, but it was, I'm so glad that I got there in 2017 to see his last festival and and meet him. I think it was a true honour. Like he was just such an amazing person and really set the scene for me in four Tamworth Country Music Festival. The following, yeah, definitely. And the following year, I shared a busking spot up near Telstra in Peel Street with two friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And then following that, 2019, I had my own spot in front of Zambreros and mum and I were down there every morning till like wow. mid-afternoon. Mid and I was lucky enough to be selected as a top 10 busker in the, the final, which was pretty exciting. And so nice. that's definitely, yeah. It's And I guess Tamworth is really cool to see the, the progression. You know, sometimes mm. you're so close to yourself that you, you throughout the year you kind of oh yeah, I haven't really done much but you get to Tamworth and it's oh I've, I've done quite a bit in a year so yeah that's, um Why's it always Tuesday night when I want to go round I know it's only 13 turns till I get to your You ain't ever been no good for me 
2016 for Christmas? Like, where did that start? Why, who yeah. bought it for you? Why did they give it to you? Well, my, I have a sister that's two years older than me. And mm-hmm. and when we were 10 years old, or eight, I can't remember if it was eight or 10, but we were allowed to start learning an instrument. And because mum thought we were, you know, we were old enough then, you know, we'd, we'd be a little bit more committed um, mm-hmm. anyway. And so because she's two years older than me, she got to start two years earlier, which is just anyway. <laughs> and, and, and so she picked up the guitar and, and decided that that would be her instrument to learn anyway. And then two years later, I'm super excited about to start lessons. And, and mum goes, oh, you know, what if, what if you, you try something else? You know, you, your sister's learning guitar, maybe if you did something else. And I was like, okay, okay. Mm. And so I, <laughs> I started learning keyboard. Yep. And and my sister and I used to do some little um, markets and little mini festivals around our hometown and around where we live. And she'd do guitar. I'd play, play keyboard and we both sing. Yeah. Um, and then she moved into breaking and training horses. And so she does um, yep. both country just in different ways. Yeah, That's cool. what mum That's <laughs> mom always says. But so once she put down the guitar, I was like, right, well, this is, this my, is my chance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we had a, it was just, it was my sister's guitar and Jessica's guitar. And we had a, um, like, I think it was an Ashton guitar mm-hmm. and light, really light colored and, just a like a, a muck around guitar and that was the one she was using and and I think mum and dad saw that I was a little bit more serious and I wanted to pursue this and I was you know mm. sitting down practicing all the time and and I'd spoken to mum in in 2016 and had been to a couple of local gigs and and mentioned yep. that that was something that I really wanted to work towards doing yeah and uh, and so we made that a goal for the following year for 2017 and so then Christmas 2016 was there the year. Go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the store where the guitar was bought, Muso's Corner in Newcastle, is about two hours from where I live, but we're good friends with them there now. It's a bit dangerous <laughs> when I walk in. <laughs> I now good have four maintenance. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I'm a bit oh, of a fan. <laughs> thanks, Mum and Dad. No, that's beautiful. And they're a good guitar. So that's that yeah. really good. Okay, so can you tell me, like, when you wrote your first song and what it was that you think kind of drew you to being a songwriter and music? Yeah, definitely. I guess I'd been mucking around with ideas and on the guitar, I didn't really know a wide variety of chords. So I just kind of like put my fingers in different spots on the on the neck and mm. and kind of play around a little bit and make up sounds and I'd write poems. I started, I really loved English in school. Mm. And, and so I started writing some poems and then I'd try to put them to music. But the first song that I I wrote, we just moved from a property. We had 385 acres out on a property and mm-hmm. we just moved into town and my mum, my sister and I, and it was very, very different and different things to get used to and things that you just were just so bizarre. Like you wouldn't, like even streetlights were very odd. You know, we didn't have streetlights on the farm and yep. we didn't have any furniture in this place where we're living now. And I sat down in the lounge room or what is now a lounge room, but I, and with the mini maiden and wrote a song called Gone. And it was kind of about me moving on. I think I, I was getting a little bit older. I can't remember exactly how old I was. I was, it was probably two, I was obviously 2017 after I got the guitar. And yep. so I would have been, what's that, 15 or 16, I'm thinking. Pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Thank you. And, <laughs> 
and yeah, so 15, 15 or 16. And it was uh, this, this song was the quickest song that I've ever written. And mm-hmm. I like, I think that just set the bar a little bit high at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I can never beat that record now, but it just came out in one go. And it was kind of about, I don't know, I was 15 or 16 and telling the world that I wasn't putting up with all the rubbish anymore, you know? And, and so this, I, I love the song still to this day, I think, but it's, it's a very personal song. And I don't know if it's, for me, too personal at this point to put out, but maybe one day on a, you know, an album where it's like, you know, how Taylor Swift has done In the Vault or something, you know, it's like a something. Little bonus. First song, yeah, something like that. But And then ever since then, I've just loved writing. I was part of a program called the Talent Development Project in Sydney and it's run by the New South Wales Arts Unit and they set you challenges. It's like a program where you go each month and they set you challenges to to write a song with the word divine or mm-hmm. Apollo or something. And you have however long, a month or a couple of weeks to get this song sorted and presented. And so I found that really, really helpful in yeah. working to deadlines. And I wasn't just on my own time frame. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds really so. good and a good way to kind of challenge you but also help you grow get instant feedback and you know work towards something because it can be hard as a as a writer to kind of like motivate yourself and set time aside and like wait for inspiration 100% and like especially I found I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit but over the last two years let's say you know through COVID I was getting a lot of inspiration through people that I was talking to or things that I was seeing and Mm. when you're stuck at home that that inspiration goes and so it is it's really hard to like keep yourself accountable and meet these like you know set deadlines for yourself and meet yeah. them and 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 still continue to push yourself i think is really important and i have talked to a few people who are quite younger or like teenagers when they started and i feel like a lot of them have said that they really love just listening to other people and writing other people's stories what mm. what kind of inspired you to start doing that i don't know i think um I've always loved listening to like Shania Twain and mm. Taylor Swift's early stuff was big inspirations for me or Kelsey Ballerini's early stuff as well. And um, and like I said in the beginning, like country music is just renowned for the stories that it it, yeah. it shares. And so I've always loved that. I'm still master, like people always ask me in an interview, oh, is this, this song based on personal experience? And I think what I do is I take to something tiny, whether it's in my life or something that I've heard and, and blow it way out of proportion and exaggerate the hell out of it. Just so it's something that's still connected to me, but, but, you know, two steps removed sort of thing. So it's, it's still objective, but relatable to people that that are listening, but yeah, creative license. Definitely, definitely. And, but I, I really like putting lyric music to poems because it's something that someone else has written potentially before and um Mm. yeah or co-writing you know I think is really amazing when a massive part of co-writing is is getting to know the person and sharing a little bit of each other's stories beforehand so that you can feel comfortable and you you feel like you're actually writing for a purpose so yeah. yeah, that is kind of, I guess, where this podcast idea came from was that, you know, getting to know someone before a co-write it is a mm. really intimate experience. What about like is there a theme that you've noticed sort of pop up for you in your songwriting that you always think about or something that you're always considerate of that is kind of your like the Hudson Rose message or? Yeah, I like, haven't. Yeah, I, I haven't I mean? actually thought about that too much. I think I always want to 
put out put out music that I'm super proud of. And like for example, the the inspiration for the latest track drive into you was actually a comment that I heard from a video just online and a girl was saying I've got to get too drunk to drive tonight, you know, otherwise I'm going to go and see this guy. And oh, and I cool. was, yeah. I know, that's what I was thinking. And I was like, wow, that's a, like, it's an interesting concept. But, yeah. but I'm 19 and I don't want to release a, a drinking song. Yeah. I was trying to, you know, think about what are the other things that people do to to stop themselves from doing something. And so mm. um, I think understanding, you know, my brand, for example, is like, I'm not going to write a drinking song or I still want to be that, that, relatable down to earth you know girl next door sort of vibe and and so like this this song was uh, you know something that can be relatable but also something that people can just tap their foot along to and have a good time and Mm. you know driving to work or home from work and they're just listening to this one singing it out in the car and I think that's always been like a goal for for the music released with Hudson Rose and um yeah, definitely. I would love to write like a, you know, like a Carrie Underwood's champion or something, like a a oh, real, I know, Strong, right? Empowering yeah. one, like one that motivates you and gets you yeah. up in the morning. Yeah. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I love those songs. Yeah, Ones that kind of just, I don't know, pump you up. Yeah, pump 100%. Up <laughs> mm, yeah. So speaking of collaboration, what, what has your co-writing experience been like and what's your sort of so far how you prepare for a co-write? Well, I only really started co-writing properly. I did a couple like with people locally, but properly was through COVID at the beginning of last year. And I just started sending out lots and lots of messages to people that I really was enjoying their music. Mm -hmm. And whether that be, you know, country musicians or pop musicians, it was really whoever was open to the idea of of co-writing at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I sent out these messages and I made a goal for myself that every co-write that I went into, I would have an idea. And whether we use that idea or not didn't really matter, but at least I was prepared. And so I did. I can successfully say that I did that. Yep. Um, <laughs> and and I discovered Google Docs. I don't know how. That's I amazing. must have been living in a hole, but I don't <laughs> know how I didn't know that. But, uh, That's really yeah. good for co-writing, I find, especially Isn't online, it? obviously. And you can but, see the other person typing. It's just uh, incredible. Yeah. No, I mean, I I am definitely still love being in person. Like, yes, that is me always too. preference. Yeah. Even with these podcasts, I don't know. Like, actually, just in general, I love being with people in person. Yeah. Definitely. I'm not a texter or phone conversation person. I really do love just the energy of being in a room with someone. But I also went slightly mad not having someone to talk to and and sort of being creative with other people. So finding a way to do it online was really helpful for me during COVID as well. Definitely. And I Mm. think if if that's a positive that can come out of COVID is we've definitely found new and different ways to connect with people and connect Mm. with people like all the way on the other side of the world. You know, it's it's incredible. Which which was your favourite collaboration so far? Um, I really enjoyed writing with Nat Pearson and Brooke Chevelle. Um, Oh, yeah. They were really cool. Like it was just we did a late night one, and mm. and we were all in our pajamas and uh, and just having having a bit of fun, having a laugh. It wasn't too serious, which is really it's really fun, you know, just to do that. Mm. Um, and and I find you know I, I used to be nervous about, especially with the Google Doc, that people are like, oh, just just type your ideas, and I'm sitting there going, but what if my ideas are terrible? And so I've definitely learned to, like, Nat and Brooke are really cool with that. Like, every idea, they're like, oh, cool. Like, we might not use it, but if it sparks something else, 
then then it's done its job. But and and I think co-writing, you can really, really learn so much from the people that you're co-writing with because they've yeah. just got different different experiences, but also different skills. Like they might go to the you might go to the same four chords, whereas they go to four different chords and it just sounds incredible to yeah. you. It's and so I yeah, I really enjoy that process. Absolutely. And they're an incredible team, both just amazing writers and performers in their own right. So definitely. Yeah. No, I've had the pleasure of having both of them on the ch- on the show and in person, which was great. Yes. Oh, um, nice. Because they only live around the corner. But yeah, it's, it's so good to be able to connect with other people. And I agree, learning from like their personal flavor of music intertwined yeah. with yours, like that's, I feel like, I feel like that's the beauty of co-writing for me. Yes, anyway. definitely. Yeah. So now that you've been doing it for a little while, and obviously not much has happened since 2019. I'm guessing you're going back to 2022, Time with Country Music Festival. Yes, yes. Yeah. So far, what would you say the best advice is that you've received within this industry? Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's it's those um, those little cliche things. You know, if I, I get the chance to um, meet someone that I love their music or I'm, I look up to, I always ask them, you know, what are these, what are the little things that, you would say the little potholes or things to look out for or just kind of, you know, you might not expect. But I think the best advice is I I always love just chatting to my mum and, you know, we bounce ideas off each other and sometimes I get really down and, uh, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you know, why why isn't a song doing as, as well as the last one? I, I didn't didn't do this or this didn't happen. or And sometimes it's really easy to just get caught up on those things. And mum always just says, well, if you can't change it, you can't do anything about it. So it's, it's um, you know, it's out of your control and just accepting that those things are sometimes and yeah. always putting your best foot forward, I think is is super important. And being true to you and your brand and, Mum's really helped me with that, with figuring out who exactly I wanted Hudson Rose to be and mm. the person that I wanted to to come across to other people as. And it is, it's that relatable, approachable, down-to-earth storyteller, essentially. Yeah, I love that. And it's all about mm. the story. For me, it's all about the story. But um, yeah, that's beautiful. What about, and this, I mean... It's, it's not like it's been a massive, you know, sometimes I'm talking to a six-year-old and I say, tell me what you'd tell yourself if you went and inspect yourself as a teenager. I know it's only been a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if now even you could go back mm. and talk to yourself, say 2016, 2017, you've just started out and give yeah. yourself a little bit of advice as to what you might do different or like is there anything you would say to yourself? Um, oh, that's you've interesting. Learned? Yeah, I don't – I think – I don't know that I do things differently. I think I would be oh what that's an interesting question. I haven't haven't thought about this one before. But I would I guess I, I would choose carefully the people that are around me and the mm. people that I share my story with and just because you never know and I think even though I've only released three songs, it's I didn't expect the the different amounts of pe- different types of people that you'd meet, I guess. And so I guess I'd tell myself just to be prepared for that. And but at the same time, that's not where it stops. It just you know you, you keep going and you release another amazing song like Drive Into You, and yeah. <laughs> and you work with more amazing people, and you just have to keep pushing yourself. And and sometimes it gets really really frustrating, and you get get annoyed and you, you know, have a little bit of a cry and then yeah. you get up and you just keep going and you do it again. And um, 
like I can honestly say that doing a live gig, whether it's a cover gig or an original show, is my favourite part of the week. And nice. that hasn't changed for ever since I started doing gigs in 2017. So mm-hmm. I'd remind myself of that, I think. You just love playing and yeah, that's beautiful. And, and you know, even though you get you play all, I play all sorts of venues, and mm. you know, people might have a few drinks and they just loosen up a bit. You know, then they start <laughs> dancing or they start singing, and you can just have a really good time. You know, it's, yeah. and like you were saying, that people interaction. Oh my goodness, I miss it. <laughs> Me too. Mm. And I, I know I'm, I'm not New South Wales. I'm in Queensland, and so I, I have so much compassion for people who've been in lockdown for long periods of time. I don't know if I would have survived if I'm honest. Yeah. I don't know how I would have. And it's like people were saying that, you know, oh, you know, you're going to have to be a musician that can perform online. And Mm. I just, I was thinking, you know, if that's all it is, I don't know that I could do that. And it's Mm. not even about the, the, the recognition or the, the, what is it? The, I'm not sure the word, but let's just stick with recognition um, that you're getting. It's it's more about that validation, that, yeah. But the interaction with people and yep. that, like, there's nothing like someone singing your song back to you in a live audience. Mm-hmm. Nothing can beat that feeling, even if it's like just a small group. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I definitely did a lot of online live stuff and tried to kind of interact with all the communities that were doing music to, you know, keep get each other through. But yeah, I agree. Like, as much as you can interact with the comments, I found it really awkward like just mm. <laughs> singing to myself <laughs> yeah I mean I do that anyway but the idea that someone is watching uh, or yeah. anyone is watching and you can't see them <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah and I think that's it kind of just more highlighted the the sadness that yeah we can't couldn't be together but we can now how is it yes. getting better down there is it it opening is up yeah now? It's yeah. opening, yeah, definitely. Things are opening up mm. and I think everyone's really looking forward to Christmas. I have a couple of Christmassy sort of gigs in December just locally but Yay. things that I'm really looking forward to and, and getting back back out and, and playing some songs. I cannot yeah. wait. It's, yeah. Um, it's, but I think I was um, through this time where I couldn't play or play live. When shows went back, I wanted to, you know, give people a reason to come to see live music, like the shows to be just really tight and and mm. polished and, you know, they might see a musician and they go, oh, we really need to support live music. Like that was amazing. And so mm. just so that it is it is supported and, and people go, geez, I missed that and let's yeah. never make that go away again. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hope that someone told me the other day, I don't know if you've heard about the Roaring Twenties, how like in the 20s after the Spanish flu in the 1920s, there was this jazz thing and like people just went nuts for music and dancing and clubbing and like yeah, that was called the Roaring Twenties and it was post-pandemic. Okay. And so I've heard a rumour, <laughs> which I like fingers crossed hope is true, yeah. that they're expecting the same thing to happen. We're going to have like a roaring 20s. That's awesome. For our century. <laughs> yeah. That's given me goosebumps. Wow, yeah, right. So cool. I didn't even know about that. I'll have to have to look into it a little bit and yeah. see. Yeah, what it was like. Google it. Oh, that's something it. to look um, forward to. I, I will. I will. I think so. I'm like, yeah, I want to live through. I want my 30s to be the roaring 20s like I want to dance and play music all hours of the night and just stay out and party that sounds like amazing after a few years of depression and (laughs) oh wow that's Uh, so cool I would definitely something to look forward to then I hope so yeah all right this is one of my last official questions and then I'll get to what you're doing next so 
If you could collaborate with anyone in the world, living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. I think I would um, – I've always been a really, really big Keith Urban fan mm. and so I would love to just learn from him. You know, even his guitar skills, one of my goals is to be able to solo on the guitar. So I definitely think he could teach me a thing or two. Yep. But then I would also like to, I'd like to collaborate or even just sit down and chat with, I think collaborate with Keith Urban because I, I've always, yeah, like the Golden Road um, or the Story So Far album just have been my childhood. And to do to do that and collaborate with someone like that, I think would be incredible. But I'd love to sit down with Shania Twain just because she, mm. I think she, like in her day, it was, or her day, obviously it's still her day now, but, <laughs> but goodness me. <laughs> she was one of my inspirations. Like I yeah. think she was like a 90s sort of boom yes. artist. Definitely. But she really, I can't remember what album it was that she would come on over, the Come On Over album. Yeah. yeah. And it was a little bit not quite as snatched up so quickly by the quote unquote industry, but the fans really loved it. And so, you know, I'd love to just sit down to, with her and because I think she was, she was a boundary pusher and she really tested the limits of what was country at the time. Yeah. And, and I think now at the moment, we can still do that, you know, and we can push the, push the limits and test those boundaries. And and so I'd like to understand what why exactly she made those choices and what were the outcomes for her, you know, how she felt and how she dealt with that and, and moved through that definitely. Well, I'm just going to have to have a, a chat with Shania Twain on the podcast and ask her these questions just definitely. for you. Just for yeah, you. let me know. Let me know. What <laughs> Actually, I'll listen. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I'll let her know though. I'll be like, look, Hudson Rose really wants to know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd love to know. No, and I, I'd, I'd like to know as well because I do agree with you. I think that country music as a genre is often mm. so separated from every other genre. I literally filled in a form today and it said, which genre are you in? And there was a mm. drop down box. And it didn't even have country as an option. And I'm like, that's a pretty big genre to be missing from a genre yeah. list. <laughs> I had to put down pop instead. <laughs> instead. Oh, right. There, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't really an option for, for anything else. But yeah. I do find that the boundaries of country, like I, I think they're being pushed and there's so many debates and, and mm. sort of anger around it. But at the same time, for me, I, I'm a big believer that country is storytelling. Mm. And if you're telling a story in a way, your song is country. Yes. Yeah, like, definitely. And I think it sounds country or, you know, yeah. has three chords. I don't know. I don't know. What. 100%. Yeah. And I totally agree. I think as up and coming art, like an artist, for mm. me, I think um, it's definitely something that I want to do, you know, and I want to stand out and be a little bit different and figure out what it is that my, like, what's my own sound. Cause you know, you, you listen to a Shania Twain song and you can instantly tell that that's, that's Shania's sound or a yeah. Keith song and that's Keith's sound. And so I really am working hard to find Hudson's sound. And so, and that's when I went to M squared, Michael and Michael in Melbourne. And mm-hmm. just for this latest track to help me kind of, I wanted something different to the previous two, but to help me kind of develop that sound and progress it and grow as an artist, I yeah. think was definitely, yeah, on the list for me. You've definitely got a, a – this. so this new track that you've released is is got like a really fun, upbeat track that, you know, yeah. I could definitely road trip to for sure. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind it? Well, it was that the 
video that I saw where the girl said that I got to get too drunk to drive. And so I took that idea to M Squared. I co-wrote the song um, with Michael Painter and Michael DeLorenzis. And and that's where we kind of were bouncing ideas of what are other things that we, we do to stop ourselves from doing the things that we know we shouldn't be doing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so one of the guys suggested, oh, burying the keys in the sand. And, and one of the other guys goes, yeah, but you wouldn't actually do that in real life. So that's a great idea, but no, let's scrap. <laughs> <laughs> so I love them because they're so like they're so honest, but at the same time they go, Yep, cool, let's oh yeah, that's a cool idea. Oh, but it doesn't really fit. Oh, but it could be like this. Yep. And so they still make you feel very um what's the very valid and valued in in the process, yeah, but at the same it. time are really like kind of trying to filter out the rubbish to get to the gold. Yep. I think I've I've definitely found a sound that I'm loving at the moment and some of the inspirations, you know, weren't even country, like Ed Sheeran's new stuff or yep. One Republic. And and so to kind of take that sound and make it a little bit more country yep. was the goal for this track, I think. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, there, there's definitely been some boundaries pushed. I'd say some people would <laughs> be having mm. comments around it. But I can, I can feel that sort of pop. Um, and I love One Republic and I love, I really love that sound. Yeah. Was that M Squared's sort of input? Was that sound kind of predominantly from them or did you have like reference tracks or how did, yeah. that, how well, did they the sound asked, come together? Definitely. Well, they asked me, we had one meeting, a Zoom meeting and just about, you know, what it was that I was looking for and if if it was something that they could help me with and they felt that we could really um, make something magic and so they, they, we were like, okay, yeah, we'll let, yep, let, that sounds like something we could, we'd love to be involved in. Yep. They said, oh, get together a list of songs that you're loving at the moment and like pinpoint what it is in the song that you're really liking. And yep. so like, for example, Bad Habits, and I really liked how the instruments came out of the chorus and it was just the beat, yep. um, which is something that we replicated in, or re- not directly replicated, but um took inspiration from for driving to you but the process happened really really quickly like Monday we wrote the song and had the like a guitar vocal guide track thing yep. Tuesday they had a vibe track of some more instruments and the feel of it yep Wednesday we did the vocals and by Friday there was a, a first mix and so wow. Yeah, it was insanely fast and yep. and it, it was really fun because everyone was super excited throughout the yeah. process it it was so did yeah. You, did you co-write it with them? Yes. Amazing. And did you yeah. have to go down there, or were you able to um, work remotely? No, I did everything from my my little home studio. Amazing. And, um, well done. So, I thank you. It was so fancy though because Painter, one of the guys, yeah. Michael Painter, and so to to distinguish them, it's like their last names because they're both called Michael okay. Painter and Dello, and. Painter took over my computer. He showed me what audio re- audio recording software I needed, and I set up all the microphones and had it all sorted. And then he asked for permission to take over my computer, oh. and it was all it was all very very fancy. The mouse was moving by itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! My husband does that. He's an IT nerd, so yeah, <laughs> he knows. And I'm just there, like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like you're in the room and you're controlling my computer, but you're not here. It's weird. Yeah. It's like a ghost think- in the room. <laughs> Yeah, I can hear you and I can see the mouse moving and I can see you, but you're just not here, here. That's so cool. Oh, I'm, 
I'm really impressed how people have been able to adapt during this time when we mm. can't be in the studio together but still be able to collaborate in a way that is delivering incredible music still. So well done for finding a way around it. I'm really impressed and I am loving the new track and I want to sort of hopefully I'll see you live and hopefully I'll see yes. you at the Tamworth Country Music Festival. Definitely, But yes. do you have any plans for the future? Like what, what's coming up next that people can look to? I'm going to put all your description to like your music and your socials yeah. and website in the blog and on the description of the podcast, yeah. but shows and music, like what can we expect from you in the next sort of 12 months? Well, obviously heading to Tamworth, have a few things lined up, which I'll announce a little bit later in December, but mm-hmm. wanted to keep it a little bit quieter this year to catch some shows. I haven't really had an opportunity to do that over the past couple of years. So yeah. I'm really excited for that, but I'd love to put together um a bit of a tour and a New South Wales East Coast tour mm-hmm. potentially. I'm not quite sure how far up or how far down yet, but um, mm. something something like that. You know, I'd love to to get out and share some of the stories behind the songs with some people and then, then potentially move to more of an inland tour like Tamworth, Scone, potentially um, Corindai, those sort of areas. And um, so nothing set in stone yet, but definitely in the pipe works and but local gigs are still still happening so I play between Southwest Rocks and and Newcastle normally most yeah. weekends so hopefully that'll be picking up or is picking up more in in the new year so definitely looking forward to that and some new new music coming mm-hmm. in in the new year as well so look out for that that's exciting i know that it's early days but if this is what you're doing now it's only going to get better and um yeah i'm super excited for you and i'm really excited that you're just doing it and yeah. you fake it till you make it and you keep learning yeah. as you go and I think that's the best way to do it and I think you've got some some real soul in what you're doing and you. the passion is real so keep going I'll see you around is Thank there anything you. else you would like to say before we finish up the podcast is yours oh I don't know I think that's it I think I'm extremely grateful for all the support that um all of the singles have received and you know that's it I think you're constantly learning and mm. Just because an, an artist is getting more um, plays on radio or they're, they're booking festivals, like I don't think you ever stop learning and I think it's no. that, that can apply to, to anything in not just music but it's it's definitely a journey and I can honestly say that I learned something new from each single and you think that you're on top of it <laughs> and then, you know, release month comes and you're like, why didn't I think of that? Or <laughs> and yeah. so it's it's definitely learning each time and maybe one day I'll I'll get there but I could only imagine I would love to release a, an EP or an album in the future I just haven't decided which comes first I'm thinking an EP but we're not sure yet but I can only imagine you know if I get overwhelmed with a single I could only imagine what a, a five or six track EP would do <laughs> yeah I mean it is just different it's just another experience and you just yeah. go with it and, and yeah. then you learn from it. And, That's you know, it. I think I think it was Matt Cornell that said, you know, everyone expects their first EP to do well, but no one's mm. ever does. So. <laughs> exactly. And it's, so it was like you, you do it knowing that it, it, it's a it's a experience and it's yes. a rite of passage mm. and you don't quit after the first one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know? That's it. And it's a journey. And people say to me, oh, this latest song, oh, she'll be doing so well. Like it's such an amazing song. And yeah. um, or, or, or maybe you should have saved this one. And I think... You know, it's if if the songs start being heard a little bit more, people are going to look back at my previous work, and I still want it to be amazing songs, songs that I'm really, really proud of. And um, mm. you know, these these 
first three songs I can honestly say um are, you know, and I don't think I'll I'll look back and go, oh geez, geez, I wish I didn't release that. I <laughs> I just think they they're all relevant and to where I was at at that point. They represented my my songwriting style and mm. my my feel at that that time. And yeah. so I think it's a really cool way to look back and go, oh, I remember that. Like they're little um little memories essentially, aren't they? That's all an artist is, is you're just documenting in a creative expression form yeah. what you're going through at that particular time in your life. And that's going to change because yes. that's life. We learn, we grow and we change. And so you're going to experience different things. Like I think it was, um, you know, Catherine Britt and Melody Moko, you know, with having children, the, mm. the references in their songs are different because yeah. they're going through motherhood. And, like, exactly. and I relate to that because yeah. I, I'm a mother, you know. So like I think but then a teenager, you know, in 10 years' time, you're not going to be a teenager anymore but mm. they might hear it and go, oh, she knows how I feel right now because yeah. they're in that moment right now. Like, it's timeless. It's beautiful. Yes. And, you know, things change but – Everyone goes through every age and every yep. experience and we just learn from each other. That's beautiful. 100%, yeah. And it's it's great that, you know, we can help and support each other through that. It's like like you were saying with Melanie and Catherine, you know, mm. it's – no, Melody, sorry, and Catherine. <laughs> oh, did I say Melanie? And, and, yeah, right. <laughs> Melody and Catherine and, you know, people can listen to those songs and go, oh, that's just what I needed to hear. Yeah. Um, like isn't that just such a beautiful thing? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And that it, there's something really therapeutic and healing about listening to a song and someone saying something that's exactly how you feel, but maybe you hadn't articulated it yet or you hadn't been able to express it. Mm. And it's like their expression helps me express what yeah. I didn't know that I needed to express. Yeah. <laughs> like, Definitely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And it, it's very beautiful. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's it from me. Thank you so much for joining me and Thank I look you. forward to sharing this podcast soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website, songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear me. Wish I could scream or shout.